Hey, what's up? What's up, my people? This is your boy Mario. Welcome back to another installment of My Therapist Made Me Do This Podcast with Mario and Friends. Uh, I am, of course, Mario. Uh, we have a very interesting topic today uh, to talk about. Uh, we're doing a live show today, so we got uh, some people in uh, Facebook land and IG land uh, hanging out with us today. So without further ado, we ain't going to take too much time because uh, we got some stuff to talk about. And uh, you guys all may hate me by the time this is over. So in the meantime, between time, let's get to these guitars. Welcome back, people. Welcome back. Welcome back. Like I said, my therapist made me do this podcast with Mario and friends. This is, of course, Mario. Uh, today we have a special guest with us. Uh, by popular demand, people always be requesting her to be on the show, man. For some reason, they like when she be over here on the couch, but now she's here in real person. So this might be the last time she's on the podcast, depending on what she say about me. But I uh, want to welcome my wife, Jessica, back to the show. What's going on, boo? See, I just fade out. All right. Hi, everyone. So I'm normally on the couch crocheting. That is my old lady hobby. But um, this topic, I felt like we needed to have a voice of reason. I am a voice of reason. What you're talking about? All right. So And I have my tea, and it says, I'm sorry that I roll my eyes out loud. I thought it was appropriate for this particular topic. Oh my god! Anyway, <laughs> all right. So I don't have no notes today. I wrote them. I actually wrote them on a box because I ain't have the time. But uh, <laughs> in the meantime, between time, man, let's get into it. All right. So feedback from the last show. So first of all, um, want to give a shout out to my boy Wayne uh, again, man. Thank you so much for coming through. I uh, got a lot of positive feedback on the show so far. Um, I think a lot of people were were you know I thought that people were cool. I thought it was cool to, you know, just have a chief that was going to keep it real, man. And I hope something that he said uh, kind of resonated or stuck with y'all, um, especially on the part about, you know, like, hey, I don't know what it takes to get promoted. But a lot of this is just timing and uh, riding the wave and uh, just doing you. And sometimes it work, work out for you and sometimes it don't. But, uh, man, shout out to him. So I'm going to tell y'all, I'm going to be real with y'all. I have not missed when he came to having a uh, guest on my real people, real purpose now. Anybody will tell y'all. Anybody's been on Real People, Real Purpose so far, which I think this is uh, <laughs> which I think this was the third or fourth person. I can't remember, but I think the first person was was the first person Crystal. I think the first person was Crystal. Crystal um, Leon. Crystal or Leon? I'm not sure what the order was. I'd have to go back and look. So Crystal was one of our first people on Real People, Real Purpose. Um, after she was on this show, 
business took off. I hope it's still taking off. Follow Go Go Highlight Crystal. Next person was Leon. Leon doing his thing on the coaching scene. Team just made the playoffs. My man doing it big. Next person, Wayne Sharp. Real people, real purpose. 24 hours after he did that podcast, <clears throat> he was selected to be the command chief of Tyndall Air Force Base in Florida. Now, for all of my non-military people, um, command chief is, other than being the command chief of the whole Air Force, command chief is the highest rank you can make as an enlisted person. And there's only one command chief, uh, chief master sergeant of the Air Force, and another that is just command chiefs. So, my dog, congratulations to my man, Wayne. I'm going to tell you what was so real. Like, we was talking to him in the group chat, and uh, the thing he said, he's like, man, like, this was uh, this was our win. And it was it was so weird because we do so much stuff. Uh, we do so much stuff, you know, as a unit, as a team, you know what I'm saying? Just our collective, just our little group of friends, man. And uh, to me, I thought that was dope. I thought he, uh, he's put in a lot of work to get where he has, and uh, he's helped a lot of people. So um super duper proud of him, man. So salute to you, Wayne. I know you're gonna see this or hear this eventually. Uh so salute to you. You got anything to say about that, man? No, just congratulations not only to um Wayne, but to his wife, Lisa. Um, they are just an amazing family unit. They have some amazing children that um we love the we love the Sharp family. So just shout out to you, Wayne. Congratulations. He's held me down. He has listened to me vent and complain. And, you know, provide me some mentorship. And then just shout out to my girl, Lisa. Um, I don't have a ton of friends, but Lisa is definitely on that list. And shout out to Ayana, who just um, committed to be a cheerleader at, I'd have to go back and double check, but a a college in um, Wichita Falls, Texas. So shout out to Ayana. She's out here flipping and cheering and flipping and dipping it. All that stuff. So, all that. yeah, shout out to the the Sharp family. Cool. All right. So, I can't see the Facebook comments. I don't know nobody on Facebook, hey, but I see my girl, TT. That's TT, man. That's Tilden. Tilden from Turkey. What's up, homie? <laughs> man, great support of the show, man. Definitely appreciate you. Um. All right. So, um, I just want y'all to know I am um, wearing my Bankhead veteran hat because I am from Atlanta. You heard this song, babe? I listened to a little snippet. I'm not from Atlanta, so I don't really care. Listen, this little girl got people. But she got people bad, bad. <laughs> she got people writing full dissertations on like, man, I grew up here. I grew up over here. I crossed the street here. And uh, I'm really from Atlanta, so it don't bother me. I'm really, really Atlanta. Real bankhead all day. You know what I'm talking about? Anywho, so... <laughs> I mean, it was a good... I mean, I did the little bit I listened to. It was good. Okay. You look little, little oh, I'm sorry. It's Midwestern, Midwestern State. State. Midwestern State University. University. Thank you, Lisa. Yes, shout out to Ayana. Let's go, girl. We're going to have to talk about when we come down, though, because, yeah, it's nowhere land. Ooh. Right. Hey, a free ride to, is a free ride, though. Take me back to tech school days. Free ride is a free ride. All right, man, look, we ain't going to hold. Yeah, come on. We ain't going to knock your head off. We ain't going to be here too, too long. So, uh, first off, I want to give a shout-out to uh, my boy, uh, Elvis Shaw, man. Uh, Shaw is a, a guy that I met in a Facebook group. And, actually, he was the person that made this, uh, that posted this meme that actually, that actually sparked the whole idea uh, for this podcast. So, the meme said, 
kicking your kids out at the age of 18 is a generational curse. And when I read it, obviously it kind of took me back to kind of my situation and how things um, align like that. And it's, we'll get into it in, in depth here in a minute. But uh, in a way, I agreed, and in a way, I disagreed. And then when I really started, like, ever since I said I was going to do this, I started reflecting on uh, my life and kind of how things passed. Uh, as I kinda, look back over my life. <laughs> and uh, I kind of look at how things panned out. And I was like, man, like, was I just extremely lucky? Um, was I a, I got to be careful when I say this, though, but like, I, <laughs> please, was I like, was I a part of a generational curse or, you know, is that, is that the right thing to do? So uh, let's just kick it off with this. We'll, we'll, we'll kick it to you first. You want to start it off first? Oh, okay. What am I saying? Okay. Are you, asking? So, Are you asking me a question? I'm asking you a question. Okay. I'll pause for the question. So in your opinion, mm-hmm. is kicking your kids out at 18 a generational curse? So mm. do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea? So I think it can be a bad idea. Um, I, I, I think it matters. So just kind of for reference, when I turned 18, um, I was not, or when I graduated high school, cause I think when we talk about kicking children out at 18, like that could be any, any time, like I turned 18 in October of my senior year. So as soon as I started my senior year, I turned 18. I had plans to go to college. I went to college for two years where I lived on my own. I lived in the dorms the first, you know, the first two years before I joined the military. I mean, and I was essentially not on my own. My parents still were paying for college and fronting me money and those type of things for food and et cetera. When I went into the military and I finally got my very first paycheck, I remember that to my father, the illustrious Jerry James. Jerry James. He has no middle name. And um, he called me to tell me that, hey, you know, now that you're out of basic training, you're in tech school, you're, you know, you got access to your money. Uh, yeah, you're paying your own car insurance and here's all your stuff. And I was like, I'm officially on my own at this point, because at that point in time at 21, for him, I was an adult. And but I was ready at 21 with a full time job and you know, means to support myself in medical insurance to take care of myself. And I felt like that was an appropriate time for him to cut this, you know, cut the umbilical cord. All right. So let me ask you this. Now, do you think that, um, do you think that, okay, so when you were in high school, did your parents, did they start planting a seed in your head? Like, all right, so, you know, you get ready, you know, come around and see, yeah, you need to start having a plan, like, cause you ain't going to be in my house. Like, did that, was that a thing for you? So I don't remember it being a conversation that way. I've, I've always said I wanted to go to college. My initial plan was I was going to be a neonatologist. So I think that I had always knew I was going to college, whether that was, and I, and I wanted to leave the state of Louisiana. Like I knew for a fact that I did not want to go to college in Louisiana. So I think my parents just helped facilitate my desire of wanting to leave versus them telling me I needed to get out. I was already ready to leave. Now I wasn't ready to leave because of them and because of, you know, there was a bad experience in my home. I think I was ready to just do what I, you know, go out and figure out my place in the world. Hmm. Okay. That's fair. Um, so what's wrong? Nothing. I just got Jaden's grades. Uh Oh, so if you're watching, (laughs) so 
So I'll say this. So my my experience was a little different from that. So man, I don't want to. I don't want to go on record and say that my mom said when you turn eighteen you got to do one or the other. But from what I remember, I think my mom told me when I was eighteen like you had to do one or the other. Now, so before I like left left. So I worked at. I had a job uh, at a computer store. I worked at a McDonald's. I would literally like walk to work before I had a car. I would catch the bus to junior college or community college when I was there. Um, So, you know, I was kind of, I was working. I didn't really, I didn't have to pay rent or anything like that. But parents let me, you know, stick around for a little bit. I mean, I mean, a little bit. But like, for real, for real, I just, I didn't like my parents' rules. Like, I, I didn't like having, living in somebody else's house under somebody else's rules. So I was like, just instantly ready to go. So once I left home, I never forget this. And like, I'm, I'm really trying to like break this now. But I remember, <laughs> I remember my mom told me, she was like, you know, it's so, it's okay to like love from afar. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she, I don't think she meant it how I took it because most people don't mean things how I take them at all. But like, for me, that was like the green light for me to like get away and just go get at it. So when I left the house, he left the house. I left the house. Like I never came back. And even to Didn't this even point now, <laughs> even to this point now, like it, uh, I ain't gonna say it's hard for me to go home. Cause now I got a family. No, you want to see kids. But like in my mind, I just always kept, well, you know, if I just call every now and then, if I just FaceTime, something like that, like I'd be straight. And like for real, for real, it's probably like the worst decision I could have ever made. So I think subconsciously I was like, yo, when I have kids 18, they getting up out of here. And I will tell you um, what happened the other day really opened my eyes. So my oldest son, Jaden, is in the 10th grade, right? Uh, star basketball player, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully uh, about to be two-time defensive player of the year. Hopefully my dog been grinding. Um, but, you know, so I always like, like I say joke with him, but I'd probably be dead ass serious. But, like, you know, I'd come in his room sometimes and I'd be talking about, like, man, like when you leave, I'm going to put this right here. Like, I'm going to put an office right here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm like, man, you got to get up out of my house. And um, the other day, this is when the light bulb went off of me. The other day, he walks up to me. He goes, Dad, um, hey, which eye can I see out of the best? And I was like, what? And he was like, which eye can I see out of the best? And I'm like, so out of your two eyes, like your eyes, like, which one can you see out of the best? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, how would I know that? Like, that's not a thing. But then it hit me, and I was like, it ain't no way in hell I can let this boy move out at the age of 18. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't. Well, and I, but I also think that, you know, there are some skills. And, I mean, we still have two more years, you know, two and a half years with him, you know, being in the house before he would go off to college, Let's you know, let's just say. And I think that there are some things that he still needs to learn. We still need to instill some financial things in him and just, you know, I mean, he can he clean? Can he cook? Absolutely. Can he take care of himself? He, What you looking like that for? Was you slaving with over the stove with him? Uh, yeah, Ooh. actually, he, that boy tried to make some buffalo chicken uh, scrubs. They were big trash. You feel me? Uh, he's big still trash. working, you know, but he's able to fend for himself. He can cook a meal. Mind you, he may eat pancakes every day. But he likes pancakes. So, I mean, if it works for him, it works for me. 
there's still some things that he needs to learn before he can we can successfully say that we've reared, you know, a, a child that's ready to become an adult or that's an adult. Fair. So, OK, so there was a there was a comment on the initial post that I saw and the guy said, I'm preparing my kids um, for, you know, when they turn 18, they got LLCs and they have money in the bank. And then I was like, well, how the fuck does that like how does that like how like. Well, he's probably looking at financially. Financially, they're okay. My question, well, my retort back would be, do they understand how to manage that money? You know, kids that get an inheritance at 18. I've got an airman right now that got an inheritance because he's um, Native American and he from his tribe, he got money. And, uh, you know, I asked him, I'm like, okay, so what are you doing with it? Because he got about a quarter of a million dollars. But he's invest. you know, he didn't go out and buy him a. Is that? That's two hundred fifty thousand. That is two hundred fifty thousand. Oh. A quarter, quarter. Relax. 25. You know where he lived. So anyway, you know. So, but he, I asked him. You know, like, oh great. So, what are you doing with that money? He said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm investing it, and I'm doing. You know, I bought, you know, a couple of things that I needed, you know, to get myself ready for the, you know, the next stage of life. But then now I invested it, and I'm like, oh. He said, yeah, I don't need. You know, I, I know how to manage my money. And to me, then that means great. Your parents had an awesome job or your tribe. And, you know, it's probably a village situation that, you know, everybody chipped in to raise him. But there you go. You have raised someone that now knows what to do with $250,000. I I think if we gave Jaden $250,000 right now, I think he knows what to do with money. I know I know that he he's very cheap he'll and very that, stingy with money. He'll spend that shit on V-Bucks. No, I, he, no, he's, that's the funny thing about it. He wouldn't, he would say, he knows how to save and, and do the things he wants to do, but he will be like, Oh no, I don't need that. And I'm like, Oh, you have money. Yeah, I know. I just, I can wait. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. So, all right. So let me ask you this. All right. So, <laughs> so like, what are my pet peeves, man? And like, like he, like he would have been with me. So, you know, like now, like my middle child, Man, like, I don't know why he don't like me, but he, he goes on this war path where he just like to eat all my damn food. And, like, literally, he'll just, one day I came home with some Kit Kat ice I came home with some Kit Kat ice creams. And I was like, he's like, Dad, can I have an ice cream cone? I was like, yeah, if I'm old, handle your business. You know what I'm saying? Well, that was the green light. Because one night, Mario I ain't seen thought, ice cream no more. Uh, he thought he one night he was like, "Oh, babe, I want to get some ice." So you know, I'm gonna go get me a bowl of ice cream, and he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get me one." I'm gonna look Kit Kat bun. I had before I had up, got out the bed. He had walked downstairs and came back so disappointed. <laughs> ain't no damn ice cream in there. Gone. So like the box was there though. But like, so hear me out. So if y'all like, if y'all got kids, man, I know people with kids can't relate to this. Like. <laughs> Y'all don't get tired of, like, coming home and, like, the kids, like, eat up all your food. And then, like, don't let them be out of school because they just be laid all over on the couch, like, watching TV. Like, that don't aggravate you. That don't aggravate you. It does aggravate me. Don't you want to live? Don't you want to come home one day and, like, they just not be here? I mean, not like like that. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? So, I... But I think I also understand the concept of child rearing, you know, I mean. What is child rearing? That means. I have a GED. (laughs) She don't like that, but. I hate when he does that. My bad. So what I mean is, is that you have to raise children. Like, I think that 
there are some people in the world that feel as though children raise themselves. Like they're just, you know, like, oh, they'll learn it. The school teaches it. Well, I will tell you that I just finished my student teaching hours in a fourth grade classroom. And I have fourth graders. These are nine and 10 year olds who don't even know the value of a dime. Hell, don't even know what it looked like. So if the school. Like how much a dime is worth. Correct. The value of a dime. They don't know it's 10 cents and then a penny is one cent and it's a thing. They don't, some of them don't know it. And their parents are thinking that we're doing it in this, in the classroom and that's not a thing and, or they're just not doing it at home. And therefore they become adults and don't know how to make change. You don't let them listen to Ghostface Killer. He explains how to break money down all the time. Kilo is a thousand grams. It's easy to remember. That's a song. Well, their parents don't listen to that. Apparently. That's unfortunate. So, okay, so hear me out. I'm hearing you. <laughs> so, for in your opinion, okay, so so let's so let's talk about this. What okay. should a what should a plan look like for kids? Like, okay, so let's take let's take our oldest for example. Okay, Jaden. Mm-hmm. Realistically, how old? Like, what would be your target age for him to move out of the house? So I don't think it's necessarily an age. I think that at, at some some kids at 18 absolutely can move out. They are just whatever. They got it together. But I think Jaden wants to go to college. I think that that's what, he will do that. I think obviously while he's in college, he's going to need some support. And then I think that. JB knowing told him. He said, time to hit a lick. You boy with that 250K. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, but I think that if Jaden, you know, while Jaden is in college, we're going to, you know, support him. And, and to me, that's I mean, yes, he's out of the house, but I mean, he'll be coming back for breaks or whatever, de- depending upon where he goes. What if he goes all the way to North Carolina? Shout out to North Carolina A&T. Hmm? North Carolina. What if he wants to come home for holiday on Christmas or whatever? We busy. What ain't that going on here? So anyway, but I would say that after he graduates college, you know, he's he's going to need to get his master's for what he wants to do. So, I mean, we're talking four, seven years past, you know, a graduation. Yeah, go ahead and count on your fingers. How old is going to be when you graduate? 18? 26. You want a 26-year-old? You want a 25-year-old man living in our I house? didn't say living here. I'm saying support. We're going to have to be supportive of him. Oh, okay. So hear me out. No, no, no. Okay. You're so talking about living me... in the house? Yes. Because don't don't get me wrong. So I, think, I totally okay. understand there's going to be a support aspect. At 100%, we'll never, we'll never leave him like out to dry like that. I mean, However, well, I would Carl, say that living here, I think it would matter. So what if he graduated and then just had you know, a transition period to getting a job? And, you know, as he's coming out of his master's program and it needs to stay for six months, I don't I don't see a problem with that. You know, as he's starting to establish himself, I don't. I mean, I think it depends. I mean, at the end of the day, there are definitely rules that, you know, you can't just be I don't care how old you are. You're not. Gonna, I don't go to my mama's house acting a damn nut. You should. I, my mom is watching on Facebook. I go. She, to, hey, mom. Hey, so you know what? I'm a I'm a caller out, not your mom, uh, Alicia. Man, I was talking to Alicia, being uh, one of my, one of my coworkers Ooh. that were good people. Um, hey, what's it? Hide the ice cream in a bag of broccoli. Oh, see, remember we had that conversation about uh, PT Pastor Taylor. He used to eat like stuff that didn't nobody eat, so people eat it. I'm telling you, put it in that. I'm telling you, that boy, he'll find it. He be like, man, ain't no broccoli this big. 
But so I was talking to uh, Alicia the other day, and I'm gonna tell you the the beauty in our parenting. It's so funny that uh, that Haywood is the one that made that comment because she's actually where I learned this from about like parent politicking and like oh, just having thing. like but having conversations with other parents. So I was literally talking to Alicia about this the other day at work, and uh, she basically said like we we're like horrible parents, and not like me and you, but just in general like oh, we. I'm about to say no. Alicia can go ahead and get these hands. <laughs> no, we love Alicia. Don't tomorrow, do that. Don't if she's do that. gonna we be taller, be a bad parent. We love Alicia, but no, no, no. I she can was show just her saying, some bad parents. But no, she was just saying like you know, it's like it, parenting doesn't it doesn't come with a manual, right? Correct. And this is hard. And then when you look at it, like when you look at your life <coughs> and how you grew up. Like, you don't want to, like, I never want my kids to experience some of the things that I experienced growing up. So we, in, I don't say intentionally, but we, we naturally, like, coddle them. We in it, there we go. We inadvertently coddle them and we shelter them to things. But I think sometimes we do it to a point where, like, they don't understand the importance of independence and, like, uh. being out on your own and getting the hell out of my house. So I think part of the problem is, is that, you know, we want better for our kids, which is great. You know, I think every, every generation wants better. The problem, or I don't know what happened in the midst of, you know, with, when we became a parents and became adults, that there are lessons that our parents taught us, you know, that we've just, we were like, Oh, that wasn't, that was my, my mom was stupid. I don't know what she was thinking. You know, perfect example is, you know, I always use the example of, you know, calling people's name. You know, I call my kids for the most randomest things. Jaded, Miles. Maya's a little young for me to do this with her. But part of that is obedience, right? The lesson isn't come here so I can just tell you something really simple that, yes, could I have text my 15-year-old? Absolutely. That's not the point. Because I need him to be able to react and respond to my voice. I need him to be able to understand what obedience is and what it looks like. So at a young age, he was called. I mean, I didn't ask when to come turn the light out, you know, maybe what our parents did, but little things like that. It's, it's the lesson wasn't just come here. Cause I want to tell you something. The lesson was, so what if there's an emergency and I give you a direction, I need you to listen, respond and act. That's it. That's all I need you to do. Don't ask me no questions. We can talk about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's the lesson. The problem is now we don't, as parents, we don't, we don't do certain things cause we forgot the lesson that we were taught. So now we're like, Oh, I'm better for my kids. Great. But then how are you teaching them certain life skills? How are you teaching them obedience? I mean, I'm, I have for the last six weeks, I don't had all these kids answering me talking about, yeah, who the hell? Oh, I forgot. There is no yes. Like there is no, forget the yes ma'am part. That's a whole nother conversation, but just responding to an adult in a more respectful manner besides, yeah. And with the eye and everything. Yeah. Like, oh. It was white kids doing this, white kids, Hispanic mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. Hispanic kids. Does it matter? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. All right, so let me ask you I this. I don't necessarily think it matters. I think that respect has been lost over the last few years with kids of all demographics. Um, so I, I, I would agree, and I think uh, <coughs> I think privilege plays a lot of a big part in that too, yeah. and not just white privilege either. But I would just say that, you know, respect is something that has been lost, you know, excuse me, not respect, reverence for just the fact that I'm an adult and I'm your teacher 
Or, you know, there's certain positions of power that, mind you, I'm not saying you have to grovel and you have to cower and look down when I'm talking to you or anybody for that matter, but just an adult understanding that, you know, that reverence is there for somebody that has just walked in your shoes already. Because as I used to tell them, I graduated before, I'm past fourth grade. I don't need this. You do. You did. Yeah. It was after the fourth. It was about fifth, sixth grade when you lost your mind. Yeah, I was a thug then. Oh, whatever. But let me, okay, so let me ask you this: like, mm-hmm. think about. So one of the things that I thought about was, I don't want to call them distractions, but the level of distractions that kids have these days compared to us, um, I think I think it's really it's different. So like. I had Nintendo growing up, you know what I'm saying? I played Nintendo, but I also spent time outside, you know what I'm saying? I hung out with my friends and things like that. I think kids these days have gotten so accustomed. What's wrong? Nothing. Oh, I think kids these days have gotten so accustomed to just isolating themselves and just sheltering in their room and just honkering down. Like, I think it's sometimes it's hard for them to, like, comprehend. Like, even when we try to give them, like, little life lessons. Like, I don't like it. Sometimes... I don't know if they really grasp it. So I think does that make sense? It does make sense, but I also think, you know, the like for example, I know we've given Jaden life lessons and they may not hit him right when I provided the lesson or when you provided the lesson. Right. But lo and behold, eventually it knocks him upside the head and he'd be like, Oh, that's what you were trying to say. You know, I mean, but that's the end of the you know, that's kids, period. That was us, you know. I mean, shoot, there's things that I my mom told me and I wish I would have listened to her and I didn't because I wanted, you know, I was like, I'm gonna do it my way because I know what I'm talking about. And then I came back and was like, You was right. I was wrong. Don't you hate that? Um, you know, no. Okay. I so I, I so I mean I think it was annoying at first. But then I just realized that at 24, I didn't know everything and I needed to yield to the knowledge that my mom had. But I, but I also think that when I finally became you know, an adult, my mom and I relationships switched from legitimately mo- only mother daughter to mother friend. You know, she's my mother and my friend. I call my mom every single day, if not a couple times a day. You know, and we are able to have bigger conversations now because, you know, that relationship has switched. Now, the reverence is always going to be there. She's my mother. She birthed me. Yeah. But we're able to have more real conversations now. Oh, so, man, that's that's actually a great transition. And she did not kick me out at 18. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is actually this is a great transition. So let me ask you this. Um so I like I hear you say like you talk to your mom, you know, like sometimes several times a day, right? Mm-hmm. I talk to my mom like once a quarter, not once a quarter, but once like a month. man. So like in your opinion, I guess in in our opinion, like in a way, do you feel like I may have a touch of like childhood trauma? A touch. So and I, I say that very lightly, just in case, like you know. <laughs> So I think we got to don't I, I don't get me wrong. I, I think that we have a lot of buzzwords, right? And, right? and childhood trauma, I think it's one of those. Now, do I think that childhood trauma exists? Absolutely. You know, you because I see that I can see now with children, even our own children, that okay, this may scar them a little bit differently than what my the intention was, right? And that's why we always go back and maybe apologize, like, hey, okay, I wasn't trying to like 
I don't have a problem apologizing for something wrong or miss, you know, something that was misunderstood to our children. Now for clarification, like, yes, like we as parents, we do apologize to our kids when we make mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you that's have super to. duper important. But I think that the trauma comes in. It's, it could have been, maybe there wasn't an apology or maybe there wasn't something that, you know, that clarification or understanding didn't happen. I don't, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would necessarily trauma. Obviously I think, you know, if you look up the real definition and all that stuff, but I think that, Something happened, it caused a scar, and then now it's, it is it is trauma. It's something that needs to maybe be healed or understood, yeah. and then you work through. It's how that trauma debilitates people is where I think this is where it gets a little different. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that's why I, I kind of love how we, how we yin and yang when it comes to parenting. Uh, <laughs> because, we, because we came up like two Very different. different ways, you know what I'm saying? And like I feel like your like your family your upbringing was more of the traditional the Cosby you know type you know what I'm saying allowed to talk about yeah like I want to say she was uh, silver spoon fed no not at all no I I wouldn't say that we I grew up very middle class both my parents had jobs Um, you know we lived in a middle class neighborhood what nothing. Live in a middle class neighborhood in Louisiana. Nothing spectacular, but we did grow up initially. At least we grew up very differently. The first thirteen years of your life was a little different than the first thirteen years of my life. And I'm a military brat, so both my parents were in the military. So we were able to, you know, I was born in Alaska. We moved to lodges. We moved back, you know, moved to Louisiana. So I mean, I mean, I got to experience just different things, and which made our growing our upbringings very different. Yeah. And then I also come from a very small family where, you know, we're very close knit. I mean, I talk to my family quite often, my extended family quite often. Who? Okay, I haven't called my grandmother. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, you need to call your grandma. I just, I need to do that. But I mean, like my mom, my aunt, my aunt will be here on, my mom will be here on Wednesday. My aunt's going to come and be here on Saturday. Like, yeah. you know, we, we're, we hang out a lot. We talk a, ton, a lot. So sometimes I think uh I think I've I I've experienced like like both sides of the of the fence. Now don't get me wrong, like we were if if we were like poor, I didn't really see it to an extent. And that's what should have happened. You shouldn't know that. But uh, you know, like and I I've said on this podcast before, like growing up, you know, where most people, you know, like took like field trips to like nice places and all this stuff, like we, we took Field trips to Rice Street, you know what I'm saying? Like, like growing up on Bankhead, like we took we took field trips to to jail, Rice Street Trail. Just want to make sure we like legit, that. like to like real I went life. to the jail when I was in high school. You was in high school, but it was in the fifth grade. Oh yeah, we didn't do that. Exactly. Grade, you see what I'm saying? Grade. So like, but that was just because of the the, the area that you lived in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were trying to scare it straight early on. Yeah, and like I saw like even our our neighbor like growing up. Uh, Mary Brown is crazy. I never forget her. Mary Brown had like hella kids, and like I remember one time we was on the news because she had like left her kids for like two or three days, and like my grandma, you know, my grandma, grandma Nana, like she she made food for everybody. Like, people used to come by our house all the time, and you know, like we would like feed the kids and all that kind of stuff. But like I couldn't like now being a thirty eight year old male, I couldn't imagine what kind of trauma that caused. Uh, for their kids, cause ain't no telling what Mary Brown was doing, child. Cause I think she was out here you know, throwing her around. We, you we, feel me? And we, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think she was oh out there God. swinging okay. the Okay, we, we got it. But, we got it. But no, so I, I think at, at 38, I'm old enough to admit that, like, man, like, either I took I took the things that, like, my parents taught me literally and just kind of, like, misinterpreted it the, the wrong way. Because I'm not going to lie, like, the, the more I, like, talk to Jaden, like, the, the closer he gets to moving out. And, like, even today, Ooh. like, we... Like we asked them today. No, he asked because I didn't want wasn't kicking my child at no eighteen. So I said, I said, Jay, I said, how do you feel <laughs> like when I say like you have to move out at eighteen? And he just got like like insert like uh, soft piano music. Ding, 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 ding. He's like, Dad, it makes me feel sad. And I was like, Oh shit, I'm a horrible father, cuz. But it's like it's like it's just ingrained in my <laughs> but he, head. But you, but why? But tell, but explain why. Why he's because we asked him. Well, why do you feel that way? And what did he say? Um, I don't remember what he said. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> no, he said. Uh, oh God! I don't remember what he said. You want me to call him and ask him? He probably ain't dressed. He might be listening to this, Jane. If you listen to this, come on stage real quick. But uh. Man, I'm trying to think. It was something about him wanting to get a job or child. I don't know. That he he said that it just makes him feel sad because, you know, like he knows he doesn't, he won't be able to fend for himself. And like, what if he is struggling? Like, it almost makes it seem like we're just kicking him out. Like, well, he's kicking about. I ain't, I ain't say he ain't can't leave. He ain't, I say he wasn't going to leave. But he made, he made it seem like he felt like he was going to get basically thrown to the wayside. Like, okay, bye. And then close the door behind you. Okay. So, but here's my, like, here's my, my point to that. Oh, this sounds so bad to say. My God. There are so many people that I know who were kicked out. Hell, Tony told me he was kicked out at 17 (coughs) and 18. And like. That means you came back. And then got got kicked kicked out out for real because you was doing too bad. Yeah. So it's like. There are so many people that I know. I don't know if you want to call them success stories, but, like, they made it work. Why? Like, I think for, for us as parents who have went through things like that, we, like, we had to make a decision. Like, we like something had to shake. Like, we had to do something. I don't, I don't think my mom was ever like, I'm going to kick you to the curb. Well, then I have a question for you. Do you feel as though that your mom prepared you to be kicked out? Like, for you to be on your own? Hell no. Nah. So, I... So I <laughs> So I'll be real with y'all. Like when I married Jessica, oh man, I'm I'm giving it up now. When I married, I didn't really know how to cook until I married Jessica. Like mm-hmm. legit, Jessica taught me how to cook. But Jay. here's why. So like when I was growing up, Don't like <laughs> what? I nothing. Go ahead, babe. That's so when hard. I was growing up, like my mom, like. It was like, you know, she just cooking, like, you know, get out of the kitchen. Like, like it was never so like, hey, let me though. teach you how to, like, let me teach you how to do this. He burnt hot dogs, y'all. Okay, he wasn't burning hot dogs, first of all. It's a, tell you a quick little story about onion rings, right? So, I thought. Okay. So, i never forget. I called my boy Chris. If he listened to this, he'll take. I called my boy Chris, and I was like, Chris, man, man, pull up. You know, I'm going to make some onion rings. You know, we just going <laughs> to. We're just going to kick it, right? So I got the, so I started cutting the onions. But instead of cutting them in like circles, I don't know if y'all can see this. So I'm, I'm making a circle size. So cutting them in circles, I just cut them in like halves, like little strips, like, like little regular like grilled onion pieces. 
and I put some uh, grease in the pan, mm, and then I more. and I just put the onions on the pan, like. So, beep, 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 beep. so of course, <laughs> like I put the onions in the pan with like no batter or nothing. They probably was wet. With they some definitely water. was wet. They definitely was wet. And then of course the skitter looking at me like. I know that ain't who I think it is. I know this fool ain't just put these onions on here with no batter. Talking about he making onion ring. Boy, he making onion strips. So it was just bad. It it was bad. And it was, you know what I'm saying, one of the, it was probably one of the saddest things I ever, like I realized as I got older, because when I was in college, I survived off uh, ramen noodles, honey buns. Y'all gonna hate me for this. I used to I used to flirt with <laughs> I, used, <laughs> I used to flirt with fat girls like I used to this is a girl named Tiffany so Tiffany stop saying people named Tiffany could be listening Tiffany ain't listening all right so <laughs> she probably blocked you Tiffany was if you was in college before Tiffany was a a Kappa sweetheart mm, okay so a Kappa sweetheart is like one of the girls she she wasn't the AKA or nothing ski we but she was just like affiliated with the the campus. So Not essentially, Kappa sign. so essentially, I mean, it was crazy because most of them was gay. But that's <laughs> a story for another time. Ooh. But she would be like their um, their helpmate. Like so, if they needed something from a physical standpoint, that's what they did. Now she had a car. From a physical standpoint, are you saying from a? Sex standpoint, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. they, they was gay. I mean, they wasn't really doing nothing with her. So, but yeah. So that's that's how I, that's how I survived. So I never I never had to cook anything. I never. Tiffany was cooking. Tiffany was Tiffany was definitely cooking. You feel me? Nah, but <laughs> you always baby say something with Anywho, these people. But yeah. So it, of course, when it came to <laughs> like money management. Um, saving money, like things like that. Cooth. Yeah, what do you mean? I, but, <laughs> but like, I just, I, I, all I knew was get a check. Oh, and that was another thing. So this is, oh my god, I think we're about to have a counseling session. Okay, so that was another thing. You remember when we first got married? Like, I didn't have a concept of money. Like, I didn't have a concept of understanding money. So, like, I was. I was never afraid of being broke. It's so like when I got paid, I could run through my whole paycheck and get down to the last like fifteen, twenty dollars. And I would go to the store, I'd buy some hot dogs, some hot pockets, and uh them little TV dinners. And I'd be straight. And like that just I was I was never afraid of being broke. But like when when you're married, you don't realize, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know, like, bitch, we can't just be out here living frivolously. That's what should I say? I ain't gonna say it. But like it's funny, like people I know now he's talking about how they don't save money and they don't care. They're just going to die. But now they married and got kids. And anytime I save money, story for another time. Just old friend group. Anyway. But I also but, uh, think that, you know, I mean, then you didn't have to worry about anything. And I think the same thing, you know, when you're, you know, like back then you did what you needed to do to survive because you didn't have the skills. Well, imagine if you had the skills. You wouldn't have needed Tiffany. Um, you would have. But like real life, I honestly don't think I would. I don't think I'd be ready. I don't think I'll be. Re- I don't. I, honestly, I don't know if you're. If we just keeping it a being, I don't think you ever ready for the shit that life throws at you. I don't care how much money you no. got. I don't care how many LLCs you got. Life throws you so many curveballs. Mm. Like think about how fortunate we are. Like 
we had how much did my transmission cost? Oh, it was $5,000. And then you just had some stuff going on with your car. Yeah. And it's just like, man, like, you don't, most people are like a blown transmission or a missed paycheck away from, like, being mm-hmm. poor. You know what I'm saying? I, like, life is crazy, oh, man. And it just, what's wrong? I just dropped my headphones. Oh. I just want to make sure I could hear. So life life is crazy, man. I just, I don't, I don't know what... And I think that's the part that scares me a little bit because, like, I don't truly know what preparing my kids for the real world is. Yeah, they got savings accounts. They got all that kind of nonsense. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't necessarily. So when they turn 22, I mean, they got tuition paid for for college. Like, that's that's good. But, like, when we send them out the door, we just get them all this and then just be like, are you good? Because there's a, a level of life. That you and I never be able to prepare them for. But I also think that, you know, you got to remember, too, that part of it is, no, they're never going to be ready. Hell, I don't think I'm ready for the next chapter of life, whatever that may look like. You know, I think that it's going to be very different to see what, you know, what. I think part of it is just making sure that they're prepared. Now, the, the hope is that you've raised them right and that. You know, they feel comfortable enough coming back home. Or I say not say coming back home, but coming back to talk to you to say, Dad, Mom, like this is what's going on. I need help or I don't understand or whatever that may look like. I think that's to me, that's the bigger piece. It's the relationship that you have with your children that they can call you and say, I done fucked up. Sorry, Mom, didn't mean to cuss. But, you know, like you can say that. I mean, I've called my mom for advice now, you know, I mean, and I'm not 20 anymore. What are you talking about when you say you, you called and said, Mom, I messed up. I married the wrong person. No. Just checking. Amen. Amen. <laughs> no. Amen. What Lisa yeah. say? She, uh, Lisa said that she's getting right hurt, you know, so they're moving because, you know, the Sharps and, you know, Chief Sharp is moving to, they're moving to Florida. And, you know, Ayana has gotten, you know, the scholarship to go cheer at Midwestern State University. And Elijah's going to stay there as well. So she's leaving them behind. And they, you know, I mean, raised right, have life lessons. And she's, you know, she's not happy about it. She knows that they're going to be fine. However, it's just, I can't, wow, you know, this is happening. So I just... You're right. You're the, the kids are ne- you're you as a parent are never going to be ready to be like bye. Or you may be ready, but you're not ready. Ready. Yeah. You just hope that you know that you've done your job and that they feel comfortable enough to come to come to you with any issues. You're not going to be able to do that, man. I'm not. Mm-mm. I'm trying to see. I hear my little thing going on. It's I'm just the four horsemen. Oh, how you know that? On your phone, it's there. See. So yeah, I just I, I I think that the bigger thing, right, is just making sure that you you're preparing your kids as best as possible. Making sure, oh look, hold on, yes, thank you. Um, teach them to be accountable. Absolutely, like they've got to understand accountability. And then also, I think that the other piece is, is teaching them to understand that they don't have to go at life alone. Like there are more experienced people around, and you need to call your mother, your father, your aunt, your uncle, somebody that can help you through that situation. To provide you good counsel, wise counsel, because you know you can call your friend and they're going to tell you some foolishness. But you just got to be, I think that, you know, that's part of it. And, you know, the fruit of your labor is, you know, now when we are the age that we are and our parents are looking at us and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, 
you know, look at you successful. You have your marriage, you have children like, you know, they can see the fruits of their labor, but it takes a while to see the fruits of your labor. I'm seeing the fruits of our earlier labor with Jaden now, and he's 15, almost 16 years old. I know that we're we're getting there. Is he there? No. Almost. <laughs> okay, so in your opinion, now this is where, now, Mom, I know you're watching, so don't be mad. But in your opinion, knowing what you know now as a now- Adult mother, okay. uh-huh. um, if you could do it over again, like if you could rewind back to when you were 18, 19 years old, mm-hmm. what do you wish your parents would have taught you or shown you? Or do you feel like they, obviously they did the best they can, but like, do you feel like there's something that you wish you would have known or you wish they would have taught you that probably would have prepared you a lot more for what the world threw at you? That was a good question. That was a good question. Um, So I think I've even said the only thing that I would have wanted differently in my childhood was truly tapping, like being able to tap in at a younger age to what my passions and my desires were. Mm. Um, when I was growing up, like I told my mom, like I wanted to be a doctor, like this is what I wanted to do. I want to be a neonatologist. And I did, I was candy striping at a local hospital in Louisiana and I worked in the NICU and I was like, this is what I want to do. And she facilitated that dream for me. She said, you know, I, I was, I got selected to go to a camp over the summer for like a week um, for medical school. So I went to a medical school for a week in Texas and, you know, got to see it. And mind you, I still absolutely loved it. And I thought it was a great opportunity. I think my only thing that I would have wanted differently is because I realized like yes I like that but that wasn't truly my passion um, and just being I think being exposed to more things but back then you know I mean hell it wasn't even that long ago I mean I graduated in 2000 but holy shit oh my god that's a long time ago oh boy but the the access to stuff as far as you know, having an internet search away or having things publicized and scholarships and opportunities were very different so my mom heard I heard my heart and she says what you want to do. And she did everything in her power to facilitate that dream for me. Mm. So that part, I don't, I don't, I don't change that. And I, and unfortunately the things that I want differently, it wasn't that they did a bad job. It was just that it wasn't available yeah. with our kids. Our, you know, Jaden in particular has loved animals his entire life. And we've just tried to do things to help facilitate his natural love for something Later on, I found my passion in college and then I, you know, went off and did it 20 different ways. And then I finally have gotten back to where I need to be. You know, Miles, our other son, he wants to be a geologist and he loves rocks. And, you know, so now we're like, how can we facilitate that for him and giving him experiences and other things? So that way, okay, is this truly what you want to do? So let's turn it into a job for you. But I say that's the only thing I can think of that was different. My parents were very open. You know, we could have conversations, you know, I mean, we've had some very candid conversations, even as a teenager with my mom, probably more than my father, but we were able to foster that relationship and it's just grown now that I'm an adult. Hmm. So, you know, the, the, the beauty in parenting uh, kind of reminds me a lot of uh like what I appreciated about taking psychology, right? Mm. 
So the thing about go ahead, no, go ahead. Okay. We'll, we'll answer your question here in a second. So in psychology, just roll with me for a second, guys. So in psychology, uh, there would be somebody that would have a theory or they'd have a a concept. The beauty in psychology is that another person would come along 10, 20, 30 years later, look at whatever that theory was, take it, learn from it, grow it, expound on it, debunk it, whatever. This is okay. So let me preface this. This isn't like a bash on my parents at all. Right. But this just this is me like being very truthful. So like for a long time, like I I was very upset like with with my mom because I felt like and this was a part of me. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Keisha says this about accountability because a lot of this was just me not taking accountability and doing what I was supposed to do first and foremost. Uh, but I, I always used to be upset at my mom's like, man, like if my mom was involved in, you know, more involved in like school and like making sure, you know, I was, you know, where I was supposed to be like, man, I'd probably be, I probably would want to, not probably, I would have been playing basketball somewhere. Like it was just, I had opportunities to do it and I just, Mario just screwed it up. Like that's just what it was. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like I had uh, like friends and like their parents were at like everything. Right. And I was like, man, as you get older, you realize like, man, like, like there are sacrifices that your parents make. And even now, like, like we are gone so much. Like we are so busy. Just like, like Jaden has, Jaden runs track. And then right at the track, I pick him up and he goes to play basketball for AU team. Miles runs track. Jaden goes to a trainer on Sunday to do training for basketball. So he does a lot of stuff. And, like, we're always just ripping and running, ripping and running. So, on the weekends, like, I'd be tired. And, like, it literally hit me a couple of years ago. And I would realize, like, that's why on Saturdays my mom, like, she never got up early. Like, she never, like, did a bunch of crazy stuff. She was tired. Like, she was tired from working and just having to, you know, make ends meet and put all this stuff together. So, man, she would just, like, just chill. And I'm like, man, I totally understand where you come from. But I say all that to say, like, the beauty in parenting is that, like, as a kid, like, you you ridicule your parents for all the things that you wish they did, not even understanding that there may be an underlying situation or something else going on that you might, might not even have thought about or even pondered. When you become an adult, the best thing you could do is take the, take the advice of, like, um, or take the way psychologists go about things. When I had kids, and this is why I always, oh, when I when I had kids, I always said that I would probably be a better father than I would be a husband. That's a whole nother podcast for another time. How I learned that the hard way, but I always made sure. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, always, I always made sure that whatever my kids had going on, hell, even my wife, I always made sure a I was there if I wasn't out of the country. And I was the loudest, and I was always going to be the, the biggest supporter of them. And there were just a bunch of things that I wish, you know, like, you know, if my I don't know my real father, but like, like as a father, I would have loved to have had a father figure there before my my dad came along. But you know, like those are things that were super important to me. So all the lessons that I learned, or that I wished that my parents would have did, or just you know, I try to make those sacrifices for my kids and make sure I'm there for them. And yells at me if I'm running late. Always yells at her if she's running late. Always. So I, I, so I think that that has definitely shaped your view as a parent. Absolutely. I, I think that you know, 
you know, we can definitely have this conversation another time as far as, you know, the better father than husband. But he's always been a great father. I think that, you know, and I mean, I came with a, you know, a package deal. Like, you know, I had Jaden. He came in Jaden's life when he was one years old. So, you know, he jumped right into it. But I think part of it is that when you start to want to do better for your children, um, you've got to really evaluate what better looks like. And if it is truly better, you know, to do. Now, we do have a question here on Facebook Live. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Rakesha Haywood asks, what do you do with oh, the child? Hold on, real quick. Amen, Haywood. I, ain't, I don't even know if I comment anything, but congratulations on our retirement, man. Congratulations. Listen, Haywood would be going at it for a minute, man. But that was the homie, man. We, we used to... We used to hang tight at Andrews. I hated Andrews so much. But, yeah, but congratulations on retirement, man. Yeah, girl, I may have to call you, girl. We're going to have to chit-chat about retirement. So, her question is. Question. What do you do with a child that thinks they know it all, doesn't want to learn what they think they know? See, so. So, we call the know-it-all child. Oops. You can, you can make the case that Jaden is the know-it-all child. Like. You can make the case that Jaden thinks he has life figured out. So, so you're not. So here's the so here's the problem, right? Is that this? You know what? This is the problem right here. You know that the our kids have more exposure to technology, and which is a great thing. However, it can be a bad thing because they think they know everything. Um, so I know with Jaden, you know, we still definitely pour and pour and pour. And then I love the moments when he was like, oh, yeah, mom, you know, I guess you were right about blah, blah, and blah. And I'm like, uh-huh. Absolutely, I was, right? But at the end of the day, you know, just like think about it with us. We thought we knew what we knew when we were growing up. And our parents were like, mm-hmm, sure you do. And then what ended up happening? We end up having a call and say, yeah, you were right. Or we just learn the hard way. So I think that, you know, with a child that is, they think they know everything. You just continue to pour, continue to pour. And then eventually they will realize like, oh, this is, this is all great stuff. Or they won't. And then, but eventually they will. I feel like no matter what, eventually they absolutely get the lesson. Well, see, I I think that's easier said than done because, our kids these days have the world at their fingertips. So something to you like will make perfect sense. And really the answer would be just cause I said so like that. That's it. But like kids, kids can look what, what is when, when miles, our middle child, when he gives us like these rando facts, we always be like, where you hear that from? And what'd he say? Like YouTube or nah, what's the uh the TikTok? Oh, it was on TikTok. This it was on TikTok. Oh, that was Jaden, I think it's no, this TikTok is, king. This is this is Miles. Miles be knowing about the what is it, the play doh that explodes? I don't know. So I'm watching YouTube. But that's so that's that's honestly one of my that that's one of my biggest I don't wanna call it pet peeves, but like <laughs> concerns for real. That's what I mean. Like the the generation that we're in now, like I don't know if they're smarter than us, but they just have a lot of a lot more access to resources and things like that than we did. So they think that they know more about life than we do, and it's like really like man, like most of the shit that entertains y'all is not really real. Like these, well, is- but I think part of the other issue is 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 YouTube, right? Like they tell these kids all the time, or they see other influencers, and they're like, "Oh my god, look at little Johnny! He makes a million dollars, and all he does is sit on his YouTube all day long, right?" 
They see that and they think that is the key to success. The problem is they don't see what happens in the background. That little Johnny has a money manager that manages his stuff and makes sure that things are going appropriately because little Johnny don't know what the hell he doing. Do you remember that time where Jaden said he wanted to drop Um, out of high school and be a a gamer? Yeah. Because he sees these dudes on YouTube making it. I'm like, bro, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that you don't know about yes we did have that bout for a little bit but that's the problem is that the because you know things are so accessible and because success you know to their eyes success is you know having a g-wagon and you know all this stuff um whereas they don't see you know the countless times that that person has failed in that business venture and these are i mean even kids you know that they've failed and how they've had to market themselves etc etc and then finally wow they made it big so, I, but, but at the end of the day, they have somebody behind them. So I know I, there's a famous um, crocheter. He has a company called Jonah's Hands. And he is... Um, dude? Yeah. And he wants to be a surgeon. So he crochets to be, keep his... What would it be? Am, what's the word? Ambidextrous. There you go. Man. Yeah. So he, he, so he learned his, his, his mom, his, his adoptive mom taught him how to crochet because he wanted to and he wants to be a surgeon. So that's what he did. And he's marketed his business. And what he does is he uses part of his proceeds to pay for it, you know, to put money aside for college. And then he goes and helps unfortunate people. He's adopted. He wants to help other adoptees. He, you know, so those type of things. Right. But he used his platform and love for crocheting to then. And it was it's called Jonah's Hands. And he was more wanting to do stuff for the community and for other foster children versus oh hey here i'm just gonna make all this money like it just turned out that way and now he's selling all kind of stuff but he does say well my mom managed you know my parents manage those things for me he's not doing it i can't remember how old he is now maybe 12 or 13 but he not managing no money he's not managing his website or his instagram page or whatever he got going on he's not doing all of that i'm sure he's dabbling in it but he's got help the problem is they don't see that. Now he says it on his stuff, but they don't those these kids don't see that. So they think they know everything and they're like, oh, I'm just gonna do like Jaden wanted to do drop shipping. And I'm thinking, <laughs> where the what are you talking like oh, I researched it, mom. I'm gonna do blah blah blah. And I'm like, you can't see my whole face. Hold on. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Thank goodness we are past the I want to drop out of high school. I'm not going to college phase. Yeah. But I mean, when you see it on in Facebook and Instagram, well, he ain't on Facebook because, you know, that's for old people. But Instagram and Snapchat and everything else, you just you think it's OK. They don't understand that experience. And that's what we have. Do you think that. So let's let's talk about me and you for a second as we we're gonna get ready to round this up. Yeah, we can I didn't realize we were out of an hour. So do you think that some of this is kind of our fault? Like we like we created these these monsters who feel, you know, <laughs> I hate to say monsters, but we created these children who feel like, man, like I've never seen my parents struggle. I've never seen them have a hard time. Why would I leave? Like, you know what I'm saying? No. Like why would I why would I wanna leave? No, I don't because we got I, a brand new house. We got a a pool. They see stop pool. telling my business. I mean, we got guns too, so it's whatever. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, 
we in a backyard built like they don't our kids don't see struggle we ain't rich and they don't see the sacrifice they don't right. see the that's the other the part six they don't deployments see. and the three short tours and the afghanistan your, deployments and putting your money. college off on the back burner yeah. because you, so here's the thing do i think we created monsters no i my i didn't see my family struggle my parents struggle i i didn't see that and yeah. my mom's not gonna oh wait she oh no my mom's not gonna comment on here but um, I know she's watching, but we, I didn't see them struggle. I, mm. I didn't. But it, I will say, though, it, it, that didn't mean that I didn't foster and understand the keys of working hard because I saw my parents work hard. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, no, I didn't see the sacrifice and what it looked like to give me, you know, I hate to say what I wanted, but, you know, I wanted to go to University of Illinois and I graduated from Louisiana. I paid out of state tuition that first year. I didn't. My parents, there was no GI bill to pass on to me. Right. My parents took that on because that's what I because they were like, you know, this is what she wants to do. And we're going to facilitate her dream. I don't know what the struggle looked like to pay twenty three thousand dollars that first school year. Have zero idea. Even at 40 years old, my parents have never been like, girl, you know, we had to do for you. They made it work and and they they facilitated and they they fostered what I wanted or what you know what I was doing. I didn't see that. Now, the thing is that I worked hard, you know, but I I wasn't a, a stranger to working hard. And I think those are the lessons that my parents instilled in me, even though we were, quote unquote, well off. We were middle class. I think for you in your life, you saw your family working hard. So therefore, you knew you had to work hard. To me, yeah. the lesson is the same no matter what. And I think that what we should need to do a better job. And I mean, I think that our kids are okay. I'm not going to ever say that. Oh, my pain, my kids are amazing. Like they're not. Yeah. You know, <laughs> apparently there was the, what? At one time he said, I get yours. What? He said, Miles was. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Never we'll mind. talk about it offline. Never mind. Um, but I will say that things that we need to make sure that our kids get before they leave is understanding, you know, uh, you know, where Keisha said accountability, right. And yeah. understanding that. I like um, that. and I think our kids, you know, take accountability for when they jack stuff up, you know, and Jaden right now is taking accountability for his grades because he's like, you know, I, this is what I want. I think we're doing okay. Honestly, we probably won't get it right until Maya and she's two. But I don't think you ever perfect it. I think every child challenges you in different ways and you you figure out the way that that child needs to be a better adult and teach this. I mean, the lessons are the same hard work and being honest and being accountable and, you know, making your words your bond. And I think one of the things that we do a great job is getting them to understand, trying to get them to understand who they are, but also take pride in their name. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's one of the lessons that we need to make sure our kids know before they are, they're out the house because you need to take pride in who you are and what that means. Thanks. Yeah. So then I guess in conclusion, conclusion. we're not kicking the kids out at 18. Are you you weren't gonna kick the kids out of the No, nah, they still getting out. Okay. They gotta go cuz. We'll have a <laughs> update in two years. Nah, man, I think uh you know, like I said, like that that conversation kinda did it for me, like when I was talking to Jaden at the table and I just I realized like I was like, This man literally just asked me which one of his eyeballs can see he can see the best out of. Like, there ain't no way here like a little kid like that. Like kid you know what i'm saying like he's still got some growing to do he's only 15 and like we say that but like think about when we was 18 different like 18, very different my very different time look at high school yearbooks 
the seniors look like grown, grown men. men. Yes, and now yeah. the kids look like they just got out of got off the titty. It's crazy. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, I just I'll be honest with y'all, I'm not even gonna sit here and high cap. Like because because Jess and I like were because she came as like a package deal, like Jess and I never really got to experience what life was like with just her and I. So I think a part of me is kind of like, all right, y'all, let's <laughs> let's go, let's hurry up, let's get this out of the way because I want to eventually enjoy life where it's just her and I. We don't have to like our game plan for the week, like ninety percent of it surrounds like what the kids got going on. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Practices and okay, we got to figure out dinners and and, and like I'm, that may sound selfish, you know, but it is in in a way it, it kind of is selfish. Um, but I don't know. I think I, in the back of my mind, I struggle with that, and I say all that, and then she came back from Afghanistan, and we had Maya. <laughs> so. Well, no, I think I think that's why a part of me is like I don't really think it's so much. Well, it probably does play a part in that, but I think a lot of it's just like, man, like I'm I love my kids. I pour into my kids' lives. One of the greatest things that ever happened to me was coaching basketball in high school because now I get to spend more time with like Jaden and kind of you know help him as he transitions. But like the part of me is like, yeah, like transition so we can, you know, what I'm saying get on with our lives but then the other the flip side to all that is that man like i think we really have to be purposeful and i think so we used to do a really good job at it now we just do okay at it but like <laughs> we, we have to make sure especially the more kids you have you have to make sure you're purposeful about spending time with your spouse yeah. and like there there are definitely times when man this feels like a whole nother podcast but <laughs> they just, you know what i'm saying it's times where i know like you know like as jessica would say like her love tank ain't being filled because the tension in the house would be a little different and I would know like, all right, we gotta we need to do a date night or something. But then but it's it's not because we got friction or beef with each other, it's because we're doing we're rearing our kids. We we're taking them from here and now, you know, trying to um whatever them they as commit many to opportunities as possible. Exactly. Right? You know what I'm saying? Give affording them Make the sure resources they love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like a lot and sometimes you you know you you neglect your spouse, which get lost in the the shuffle. There's another podcast I got coming up about the whole like order of the family. Have you oh, seen that post? You talking about the, no? Well, anyway, we'll, yeah, but nonetheless, story for but, another um, time. We had one on that. We're doing good. All right, so um, as always, uh, well, babe, thank you for coming on the show. I actually didn't. I wouldn't expect you to come on the show, but it was cool because you didn't give me time to set all this nonsense up. Yeah, and then um, no, it was good. I'm actually I wasn't planning on coming on. I, I had planned to sit and crochet and listen to what you were gonna say, and then y'all would hear me in the background talking about no, he ain't kicking at my kids, you know. But no, thanks for having me on. You know, maybe in a little bit I'll come back on, and you know we can provide an announcement. By what? Oh, oh, I gotta make an announcement. Should I make it now? What's the announcement about the? No. Okay. All right. Never mind. All right. I thought that is said something else, and I was like, "What do you know?" Anyway, but no. Yeah, we'll have a you know, we have a good news show. Oh, I love good news shows. I love good news shows. Um, but yeah, as always, man. Thank you guys for for listening and taking time out of your day, man. Thank you for everybody watched on. Um, what is this shit? Uh, Instagram, Instagram, and Facebook. YouTube. Oh, hey, Nadia, we see you on here. Oh, what up, Nadia? My bad, cuz. 
we were trying to put it on the TV so we could look and see it at the TV. It didn't work out the way we wanted it to. No, he didn't work the way he wanted to, child. I can't it see bad. it no way. Oh, love, my mama said, you expecting. Girl, bye. Mom. Mario has been vasectomized. We not, up, Mom, we're not not expecting a thing. Enjoy these grandkids while you can. That's not <laughs> you happening. Expected. But yeah, thank you guys. Um, I appreciate y'all, man. Please make sure uh, you take time to go. If you haven't followed um, uh, Crystal. Steadily organized. Steadily organized, which I was going to tell her. Listen, Crystal, you need to get a, uh, you need a slogan like steadily organized because anything else would be unorganized. <laughs> Like you need something like that, but no. So take a look at her page. So it's one of the last posts she made. But like that closet that looks like shit that she fixed. That's actually my closet. Like that. So that is her like working on our closet. Uh, so she did she a fantastic job. Uh, don't forget my girl uh, Asia at poetically seasoned, not perfectly seasoned. She's poetically, poetically seasoned. seasoned. Um, she does meal prep. She does catering events. She's actually getting ready to cater the. Canyonview High School basketball end of year banquet. Um, so shout out to to Asia Prince, poetically seasoned. Thank you, girl. We love you. Um, I'm gonna hit you up for that meal prep when we get back from vacay. Did I win Culture of the Year? Did they do Culture of the Year? No. Dang. All right. Um, also, uh, my girl Kaylee at Cozy Nice. Go check her out. She just actually did some uh. Ooh. Some weird situation. You said, you said it so fast. I don't think nobody heard you. Cozy knots, oh, easy. There you go. <laughs> she makes blankets, uh, stuff yeah. for the doggy. All that. She does the crochet thing. She, but she does it with, like these thick blankets. She does this weird thing, but it's pretty mm. cool. Um, did I miss anybody? Did I forget anybody? Those are normally mine. No, I actually would like to. We'll shout them out another time. Oh. Joni and Scotty Clark with their new leather. Leather. Remember kinky shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Get the information. We'll we'll plug them. Uh, yeah, we'll have to plug them next podcast because I'm my, you know, I don't have many friends. My best friend from high school and her husband, who they've known each other since preschool, so cute. Uh, they just launched their business, so we'll definitely have to um, get some information and, and get their stuff out there. Um, I'm I'm ready to purchase. I just need to get my life together and try to catch it. We ain't got no money. All right. Cool, cool, man. I love y'all. Be safe out there. Look, people going to war. Uh, COVID is still a thing. Don't don't think it ain't. COVID is still a thing. Make sure you pro- make yourself the priority this week. Remember, self-care is the best care. Uh, definitely work on your work-life harmony. I'm just throwing everybody some bones right here. But, man, for real, appreciate y'all. Take care. Until next time.